0: Mastering Mice Adventures begins now. Hi, I'm back. And I'm back with a, a special guest who is giving us wonderful information. I really would suggest you, if you listen to part one. This is our part two. And this is with Tahila. And she's going to be really focused on how your choices and people around you and their choices influence your well-being and abundance. Why don't you introduce yourself and and let's take it away.
1: Hi, Judith. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be back. I'm Teila Aloni. I used to be a former Israeli. I am a former Israeli judo champion. I used to be a boot camp instructor in the Israeli army. And today I'm the CEO of an access control company, a homeopath, and an extrasensory business consultant.
0: Yes, and this has moved us into talking more about her experiences that she's had in her business as well as in her homeopathic career. That really relates to this segment that we've been talking about from last time. And we're just going to jump into it. Through this part too is choices, and how choices really do have an energetic impact upon abundance as well as one's well-being.
1: Totally, I think our our whole lives are just a succession of choices that we make. We're making choices all the time. Sometimes we're more mindful of them and sometimes we just do things automatically. However, the more aware we are of the choices we make and their implications, I think there's a chance we make better choices.
0: Yeah, and that's actually one of the, I think, pathways that... There's many pathways to get get to the center of the circle, but we want to get to the center of the circle because that centeredness allows us to be more in alignment with what uh, our higher self, our highest aspect of who we are. So we can go in many different ways, but how are we doing that? And as part of that is based upon our choices that we do make, will put us moving towards to the core of who we really are, or out That core, out of that alignment, out of that balancing that that Mike wants us to do for ourselves, Um, and so I think there's a lot of parent choices, but we do them so readily that we don't even think about. Well, I just decided to do it. I'm supposed to be more intentional about some of the choices that we make.
1: That's that's true, and I think the higher choice or the highest choice that has to guide us is the choice to desire to make the highest choice at every given moment. So once we set out a policy of making the higher choice, that will be our guide and that will help us make the right choices in this, what we'd call maybe the little things, which might not be so little, whether it's what to say, who to speak with, what to eat, how to react. These are all might seem to be insignificant choices, but they accumulate and their implications accumulate. So if we have a policy of desiring to always make the higher choice, that already naturally primes also our subconscious to make better choices.
0: Um, When you said that word desire, it, it kind of perked me up because I think that is so critical that the desires that we have for the higher that want to make the highest choice, the most wise choice, or to make a a choice that we know is in alignment with God's will, versus saying, well, I just make choices because that's just the way it is, you know, and this is what I need to do. But when we start being more intentional as seekers who are on a spiritual path, then we realize the more desire that we have to make the best choice, the more the universe tries to help us to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think that, If you look in prayers, we don't pray all the time, but there's a sudden, especially as Jews, Jews are supposed to pray three times a day. So by praying, that already primes you, the words, the way they're built, the prayer, the way it's built, it already works on your subconscious and on your spiritual level in order to prime your desire to align and connect to God. And once you do that sort of initiation or initial startup every time, it reflects in the rest of your day.
0: There's something that happens when we're praying, and the frequency, whatever that may be, but when we're praying or we have our attention on a higher source of God or I am presence or Atman, when we are doing that, it is a way in which we're subtly purifying ourselves too because where our attention is is where our experience will be. So if we put our attention on the higher source, on on praying and and be involved actively, because we can pray and be rote in the process Mm -hmm. and not engaged, then when we are fully engaged in the desire, and I think God's desire is for you to have gratitude, love, appreciation of all the abundance that is being given to us. And not that's just think that it's through our own means that we're getting all of this type of thing. That when we start to be more intentional about that level of choosing to say, I'm doing this for the love of my creator. I'm doing this for a, a greater attunement. And I don't think we sometimes ask God to guide us, to show us, to allow us to be able to see something that we're not seeing. That we don't actually have him involved or integrated into our life, even though he's the essence of who we are.
1: That's, that's very true. And as you were talking, I was just, I had an image of a guitar and I just think how you have, you play the guitar and then you have to tune it. It goes out of tune and then you tune it and then you play it and then it goes out of tune. And a new guitar has to be tuned more often. The way I see it by praying or by stopping and just making that mindful choice of aligning our desires, like tuning the guitar and then, you play on the guitar or I'd say reality and the day's events will play on your guitar and they might take it and throw it off tune. But if you just stop a moment and take the time to tune it back, then the, the music of your soul can come out clearly.
0: Yeah, I love that analogy because in a guitar, you can play so many different melodies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can be out of sorts too. And that's out of that attunement <laughs> or you know, piano analogy. And, it, and it, in some ways, is as if the more, and talking about what we talked in part one, the more you're clinging out these, uh, the, when we talked about the light and the vessels, which the uh, seekers can go back and listen to, the more that you're purifying that through prayer, the more you're actually allowing yourself to be unattuned then. And that's where your intuition kicks in because the soul is like, you're clearing the space a little bit. You're clearing the static and you're clearing the field so that you can see me <laughs> and that you can be able to understand my promptings more and read them accurately. And so through the process of prayer or through what we call about soul attunement and evolution is all helping us to be better people and therefore have a greater frequency of light that we are being that helps not only ourselves, It helps our community and helps our planet as well.
1: Right. And especially now with the advent of AI, I think it's even more important. And not only that, I think it's more important. I think actually AI has come to do, I'd say, our dirty work in order to free us to connect with our soul. Because AI is here to stay. And it's taking a bigger part, bigger and bigger part every day of our life. And AI will never have intuition. Like in the Bible, they say how man is different from the animal because he can speak and they're all, he has a different, level, a different soul level. But the way I see it today, man is also different from AI. So AI can do things very well on a certain level. However, it needs the human to have that the creativity, the foresight and the inspiration from AI actually take care of all, all the messy distractions, and we focus on, on that, on, on the higher level, on the higher stage of consciousness, that's when we can actually rise. Also, as humanity, because lots of people are afraid of AI and what's it going to do, and people are losing their jobs, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. But if we sort of, I say, take a step, up (laughs) and look at it as from a bird's view from a bird's eye 10 20 years 30 years what is it actually doing if we use it the right way it can free us free us to do the things we're passionate about the things we really love if the ai is doing the dishes for us like a dishwasher is doing the laundry everything all these tools are actually there to free us so if we know to use and utilize these tools without us becoming the slaves all of this technology, of these tools. that That's when we're actually, that's when we, I'd say, living the better version of ourselves,
0: the higher yeah. version. Yeah, that's really interesting because I've, I've, I haven't fully gotten totally into AI. And the reason why is because I think we can get lazy with doing our spiritual work. And in some ways, we can look at it as a surrogate for everything we want to do and not get into looking at it from the perspective of how do we allow it to be just that, a tool, but not the all and be all to us. Because of the glossiness of AI right now, people are flocking to it because it just makes makes their lives so much easier. And I get that. Um, But at the same time, we don't want to replace it with the, the creator the true creator <laughs> of, uh, of our life and and therefore as you said back in part 1 you know realizing that our disconnection in that garden is because the pi- pipe was broken and so if we know our pipe is broken then we can do something with to repair the pipe but i i sometimes i believe at this point and my 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 thoughts will change is is that People just say it's a garden of weeds. <laughs> I, don't even know, I don't know how to search for the pipe. What are you talking about, pipe? <laughs> <laughs> and so that's where my, my hesitance is with um, AI because for individuals who are growing up with AI, they don't even think that they need to have a pipe necessarily because it's giving them what they, they need and they're giving them the knowledge that they want. And so where is that balance between the knowledge that God wants us to have Versus the knowledge that man wants us to have, and how do we keep in that flow? Is all things for food for thought.
1: You know, I'm reminded of of a time when I was taking this—I uh, still do—this personal development spiritual class. And at the end of the lesson, one of the women attending the class asked the teacher whether there was any homework, and the teacher answered that there wasn't. And I remember that I piped up, <laughs> and I told her don't worry, the universe will supply you with homework. (laughs) So reality doesn't allow us to become lazy. If we're lazy, Mm. the pain will come. (laughs) There'll be painful events which will force us to change. So I I think that's part of having faith, is knowing that God knows how to wake up each person in the Mm. exact way.
0: To push them forward. Well, I think we have different levels of people evolving on the planet. It's like grade school, K through 12, and then you've got graduate school and, and so forth. And so, some individuals, you know, on the planet, God will not be able to reach because the pipe is not there. The pipe is not connected to them. But he will, God will continue to try to make that connection with it. So that with the different evolutions on this planet, is you know, God wants us to be able to figure out how we as You as a healer, me and my role, how do we help people to connect to the pie so that they can utilize maybe AI in the appropriate way? Because right now, people around them are going to tell them all the different ways they can use it. And therefore, they don't think they need God, even though God is trying to teach them certain things. Haven't you had experiences where people tell you clearly? Yeah, I know that for the past four decades. (laughs) I think this is going to be better for me still. You know, and so it does go back to that word that you mentioned earlier a desire to want to be able to make the choice, you know, for you to say that you want to be greater than your human self and tie into something that is the choice of being more Christ like, God like, whatever word you want to use. And, and that's a process. And that, so I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying in terms of the class, the spiritual class, not at all, because I think the universe does give us experiences, but we also have to be open to those experiences as well. So that's where I'm kind of in that gray zone of trying to figure out how to best help individuals that are utilizing AI in their choices that they're making and how to best do that with the, the soul and God in mind.
1: You see, you've read an, a, a very interesting point and something that I'm also asking myself because as, as people who, who study spirituality and having been involved in personal growth, we tend to sort of see it as a sort of linear process where you go through grade school from grade one to 12 and assume that that's the only school. However, sometimes I ask myself whether there are many schools and many grades that I'm not even aware of. And maybe it's my limitation that I sort of measure everyone according to the same to the same school system. Whereas maybe people which I might think that God cannot reach are actually right there in the palm of God. And mm. who am I to say that God cannot reach them? God is all-encompassing and he can do, is, is limitless. So... Obviously, if he chooses to reach them, he can reach them, and maybe he is reaching them, and maybe what I perceive to be a very negative way of life is actually part of their journey and part of their soul's calling, and that's what they're there to do. And the the Talmud and the Bible is, is full of conflicting stories that show that, not necessarily that it's it's very we were talking about also in the previous episode that as you go higher up as you evolve spiritually the higher choice is less clear it's much more subtle knowing what actually is the higher choice and taking it if we look at the stories of of the sages and how they dealt with things so to apply as much humility as possible
0: the the point that you're making about the schoolroom that I made a, a, a kind of analogy with it is more advanced because when I, mean, I said earlier in a, a previous episode it's like Ezekiel's wheels wheels within wheels within wheels within wheels within wheels but there are universal laws that exist and we can be inside the universal laws or we can be outside the universal laws and that has an impact of whether God can be able to support us or not be able to support us based upon those universal laws. And he's very clear about that in terms of what he talks about is that there's the God that is an impersonal impersonal, which you saw in some like the aspects of the Bible. And then you also have the God that is all the way down to the personal personal. And so and, and then you have the different aspects of God, which I won't get into right now, but there's other two levels to this. And so it makes for an interesting way of this multidimensional aspect even in, in grade one, <laughs> there's still mm-hmm. multiple dimensional aspects of what, how God can be able to serve, serve and help us. But as we move, move on in our evolution, it, that subtleness or that nuances that take place, uh, actually the nuances that God wants us to be keenly aware of, because it allows you to be able to have that listening grace and humility that you mentioned to say, yes this is the better choice yes no I shouldn't be doing that it, it, so that that subtleness or that sensitivity I guess is the word that you're developing you're developing in a way as you talk about three three levels of prayer like throughout the day you're doing three periods of prayer that is helping you to be able to have a greater sensitivity in that oh, in your choices that you're making that I'm not sure, if we're not helping people to be aware or helping them to know how to go about doing that and to some of the things that you're doing, then they can miss those levels of subtleties that allows those nuances to, for us to make the right choices. I think we can make better choices as we go higher, whatever you want to call it, inner and in our mm-hmm. spiritual direction and path. And the soul, that's what the soul's quest is. And the soul's quest is to be able to hear And be able to see, finally, what is being more Christ-like? What is being outside of that? What are the laws that I need to follow that allows me to be able to have a greater garden of opportunities? And what are the things that really create deprivation? deprive me of those things so that's those are all the things that go on in my brain when i'm thinking about you know choices and ai and what's going to be helpful so i'm not throwing the baby out of the bathwater saying no we're not going to ever use ai because it's here and it's here to probably stay for a very long time but it's how to be utilized in a way that is um, going to be really advancing I mean, to two or one's evolution spiritual evolution
1: so while you were talking I-, I was listening and What came to mind was how computers, they're binary. It's all about zero, one, zero, one. That's the basis of the computer language. And that's how our brain works. However, on a spiritual level, once we accept that zero and one are the same, that's when we're evolved. In Kabbalah, it's all about, we talk about the two opposites. It's accepting that two opposites can coexist. At the same time, and that also separates us, so to speak, from AI. And that's also—it's it's bearing in mind, I'd say, not even in bearing in mind is an interesting phrase, <laughs> but hanging on to that. In the in on the one hand, understanding spiritual principles; on the other hand, understanding that we don't have any idea. So, being able to have. The the, that consciousness of of the one hand, I've studied so much and I feel that I I understand. On the other hand, I know that I have no grasp of how actually God has created this universe and being comfortable with that.
0: Mm, That's an interesting thought. And I think, you know, having that openness to knowing that there's far more things that we don't know in a universe that is happening is, it gets back to that word, having humility to that. And then also aware of the fact that there are things that God has shown to us, be it through the Bible or through other mechanisms, that has been pretty consistent as universal laws. That happens whether you're in Israel or I'm in the United States, that, you know, it's it's pretty consistent that that allows us to have some ways in which to make choices, going back to that, and, and other people around us making choices that are in attunement. Uh, with the, the vastness of, of God's awareness of himself, that we become pieces of that awareness of himself in our day-to-day interactions. It goes back to what you talk about the light and the vessels and purifying process that occurs with that. I think, I believe in reincarnation. I believe that we have lived before and that some of that clearing of the, you know, the vessels is because the past choices that we've made in our lives and they don't have any opportunity gratefully so, you know, to make and be attuned to choices that we're making moving forward in our lives, to be able to help us to raise that frequency or vibration. Some of my thoughts.
1: And, and what you said in it is, I, I agree with that. And what came up is that, you see, when a person is healthy, He has infinite choices because that's when I when I speak to someone and and I try to I I assess their level of health. I want to understand whether they have a choice or not. It's like when someone says, I like my house to be tidy. That's a healthy statement. However, when a woman says, I have to have my house tidy, otherwise I can't concentrate. She has no choice in the matter. That means it's not coming from a healthy place. A healthy place is when you can choose, when you're free to make the higher choice,
0: mm-hmm. but you're
1: not, you don't, you're not compelled to make a certain choice, mm-hmm. and that's health. And mm-hmm. regarding what we said, what we spoke about, uh, the, the 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 I think it was the Rambam that says it was mm-hmm. it's, uh, one of the Jewish sages that you study and study in order to accumulate wisdom. And then when you've accumulated the wisdom, that's when you choose to say, I have no grasp. So you can't say, no, I'm not going to study because anyway, I'm going to say, I have no grasp. There's no way I'm going to understand it. And that because then that's when you choose the ignorance as a choice. But only after you've studied everything and you've acquired the wisdom, then you have the real choice of choosing to say, I have no grasp. I have no understanding. And by the way, When you work from the place where you have no grasp, you have no understanding, that's when you're totally open for your intuition to work because you're connected and then the answers just come without your your brain intervening. That's when you're a clean channel, a clean vessel, and then the answers will come when you don't keep on pushing the knowledge that you've that you've acquired and sort of forcing it onto reality. When you come totally open and you mm-hmm. make room and space within for the higher knowledge to come, that's when when you're connected to the, to the higher place and you can bring through you the higher, I say, the higher answers, the higher insights, the higher information.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Uh, and the the word that came to my mind when you're talking about acquiring of knowledge, it comes apart in time, that's kind of the intellectual thing, the acquiring of knowledge. But when you're moving it into what you're talking about in terms of the spiritual level, you, it's wisdom. So it's the wisdom that you don't need that knowledge. you you have the into of the wise dominion, the wisdom to know what you need to do because you're in t- you're in tune to your the soul or the which is this into a part of the intuition the the soul is a component. The component of the intuition is the soul. <laughs> um, and so that allows you to be, to be in that flow. And, and with that is also each person is uniquely born into this world. And that uniqueness, and there's no two snowflakes alike. Uh, there's no two souls and people that are alike. And so there are unique experiences that we're going through to make the choices that are wise choices that allows us to clean the vessels and to have that alignment which i love what you said about the levels of health is based upon and i and i think sometimes we don't even think that way we don't we don't think about the levels of health and how it relates to you know healthy choices or intuition that we're making and i think this is a good point that you're bringing up to our seekers in trying to bring in a greater if this is fair to say a greater sense of alignment with intuition choices and their desire of wanting maybe a well-being or a bu- more abundance in their life.
1: I agree. You know, it's like when someone says, well, I have to exercise. I have to. When someone uses the word, I have to, that already is, is describing his chains. <laughs> yeah. So it's all about, yeah. you don't have to. I choose. I desire. I want. I want to exercise. If it doesn't work out, if there's then it's okay. The question is why, you know, you have to see why it didn't work out, whether it's because I I was, so to speak, lazy, although I, I don't like using that word so often and so much because I think people, people tend to disrespect their inner voice and disrespect their need to rest and sort of trample upon themselves by just saying, oh, we're lazy or they're lazy, where there is, our vessel has an inherent need also to rest and to be still and quiet and not do things. And that's when, when it heals itself. Lots of people that I, I find, I give them a homeopathic remedy and they say in the beginning of the process, they say, listen, I'm, I, I feel so tired. I just want to rest and sleep so much more. And I tell them that's an excellent sign because that's that's when the healing powers of the body are at work when you rest and when you sleep. So don't fight against that. Respect that. Try to give yourself as much rest as possible. Don't be demanding towards yourself. And the more you agree to be in that place of rest, you will get stronger faster and you'll get be able to get back to yourself. But it's all about agreeing. We spoke about that also in the previous episode, not struggling against respecting your inner voice and your inner desires because usually they're coming from a good place. I know There's, I'd say, an approach that says that our desires are base are low. However, it's a matter of putting them in the right framework. And there's a reason why we also have certain desires. So I think it's very important to listen to those desires as base or as scary as they might be. If you look them in the eye without flinching and just breathe in, And acknowledge and and say, okay, these desires which might seem so horrible (laughs) are there. There's a reason why they're there. Let's try to listen and see how we can understand where they're coming from. What's the underlying cause? Because there is usually underlying cause that justifies it. And how do we actually fulfill these desires from a good and positive place which will actually quiet them down? Because you can fulfill desires in a way that actually doesn't quiet them down just makes these desires increase mm-hmm. and that means that you're not actually giving the right response to these yes. desires That if you give them the right I'd say the right fill for the gap then it quiets them down you have to see what lies at the bottom of these desires I hope I'm not talking too theoretically
0: well well it it feels like what you're one of the things you're saying is one of the ways in which you're able to figure out that gap with what's, what's going on is to homeopathic remedies that allows you to get at the the deeper aspect that may be generating some of the desire that's going on. Is that fair to say, or would you say it in a different way
1: i, I agree to that that's that's one aspect of looking at it but mm-hmm. let me see for example say someone is very materialistic and they, they're very focused on money. We can say, okay, they're greedy. Okay, they're just greedy. They want more than they need. Or we can look at the underlying cause, and we might see that they have a very fragile grasp or a very very fragile basis of life. They don't have, I'd say, maybe faith or confidence in the universe And they're trying to achieve stability through
0: material
1: things, okay?
0: Yeah, security. Mm
1: -hmm. Security, exactly. I was looking for that word. And once we realize that it's actually coming from a place of insecurity and we address that need for security and give it the right, I'd say the right answer, the right response, and we give them a feeling of security through love, through showing them, teaching them that God is loving and showing them how reality can provide them with a sense of security, then you'll see that naturally they're less materialistic. They're less focused on money. But that's just because we gave them the right alternative, which actually gives the right answer to their desire in a, in opposed to giving them more money, and you know, see people like that, it's never enough money. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with people who who have eating disorders. Mm-hmm. You can explain to them also how eating, and they also they can tell you they know that it's not good to eat the way they do, etc. They have all the reasons, but it's something emotional there, and it's usually got to do with the connection to the mother, by the way, because she's the nurturer. Once you under, address the underlying cause, that's when you provide the solution. But just sort of like slapping them on the wrist every time they want to eat is not going to solve it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like, think of the ocean. Sometimes we've got to dive for the pearl. And the, and the diving from that pearl is getting at the core of what's going on with the person. So that it allows the person to realize, oh, this is what's going on for me you can help them to make uh, other choices to this because they have a greater understanding about it and maybe even a fulfillment of that particular desire that they realize, I don't need it anymore. It's like I had a person tell me, talking about the issues of the four qualities that you were mentioning earlier about one of them was being overweight. <laughs> the person was um, overweight and, and you know, through the course of her experiences that she's gone through, she realizes, I was just eating. I was just emotionally eating. You know, and I don't need that anymore. Because she was able to get to the core, die for that pearl to say, oh, this is what's going on for me. But sometimes we don't know how to die for that pearl. We don't know what type of oxygen we're going to need. So we don't do it <laughs> you know, at all because we don't know how deep it's going to be. But I, I think you're hitting some good points about how, you know, we need to get underneath things and not just be on the surface of things.
1: And and that goes back to what we said. I I, I agree with your example and it's excellent. And it made me think when we talk about aligning interests at the end of the day, at the core of each and every one of us, we all want the same thing. We want to bring good to the world. We want, we want to be loved. And we also want to love. Okay. That's, that's what's going on at the core. And then each one of us has gone through different life experiences, whether it's this life or past life where things became distorted and warped. And then these interests are not aligned. They aren't aligned anymore with our higher core interests. And there's a good reason why they've become underlined, okay? It's justified. But once we stop struggling against these conflicting interests, whether these conflicting interests are within ourselves or with the people around us, whether we have conflicting interests with people around us, and we go to the underlying cause and we connect to the core, then interests will naturally align, all our interests will naturally align, as we're yes. moving from independence mm-hmm. f- to dependence to interdependence, because we're, we're all affecting each other as a whole.
0: Mm-hmm. Of course,
1: like you said, the wheels, we have the close, the inner circle which is affecting us the most, and then the, the outer circle and reaching out to the entirety of, of humanity., Okay, humanity as a whole. However, the more we manage to align everyone's interests by not struggling or fighting against each other, but by also first of all treating the underlying cause that creates the separation and addressing that. And once we manage to have a sort of, I'd say, a, a unified mindset, that aligns our interests and that creates a higher mindset and a higher consciousness for the for humanity.
0: Yeah. The word that came to me, which might move us in an interesting direction, is the component that is the, the cohesion, as you kind of mentioned it, and making that choice of cohesion. I think of love, you know, that you know as one of those qualities you said that everyone wants, but it's this issue of the cohesion building that the more we love, we appreciate, we value each other, the more that we have a greater sense of unity. And it's also in alignment with God, God's love of <laughs> uh, who we are and, and what we are and who we are trying to be and in the world and the things that we're trying to do. But somehow we lose the issue around the desire to be greater or greater expansion of love in in our expression. And somehow this gets truncated. You know, we don't realize when one of the qualities that we're learning to do is we can either choose irritability or we can choose kindness. It's the form of love. You know, we can choose anger or we can choose being affectionate, quality of love. I mean, I think love has many different vibrations and many different flavors to it, like ice cream. (laughs) And and we can sample all that if we want to and choose to make the choices to the path of love and how that's manifesting itself. And I, I suspect that would help us accelerate in our growth and our advancement. To have that greater sense of well-being and abundance,
1: I totally agree. I think love is like what gels everything together. I use the word the word unity, and that's in opposed to uniformity. In uniformity, we're looking for everyone to be the same, whereas unity is, means that we're connected, but each of us maintains our own unique and individual personality and basically soul, which is unique and individual. And we bring our unique and individual light. However, because we, we're all different and unique, something has to glue us together and gel us together. And that's the love. Because when you're uniform, when everyone's the same, it's easy to be to, to be together, to stick together when everything's the same. Right. Then you see, you know, birds of a feather flock together. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. However,
1: when you're different, that's when being united is more challenging and that's where love comes in
0: right and that's the choice the choices that we're trying to be attuned to and what we're making going back to what you were talking about in terms of desire and choices how do we make the keep on trying regardless of our our lower desire saying i just want to be angry (laughs) (laughs) people told me that i just want to be angry it's like but is that the wise choice (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah. no? I said, what would be the wiser choice to be? Well, to forgive and to appreciate what I'm learning from the experience or whatever it may be. And I said, yeah, so how would that may serve you well, more? How may it you serve your soul more? So um, I-, I think we live in a very divided world and we don't have to. Um, we don't have to at all. But somehow in the greater society, they want us to be. <laughs> um, but we have to make the choice, a different type of choice. So this has been a really... Fascinating discussion, and i really appreciate it um, for us to kind of bounce the ball back and forth and 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 the dis- uh, discovering and different perspectives about things. If you were to, to leave the, the seeker with kind of a pearl of wisdom, what would that be?
1: Well, I'm, I must admit I'm a bit hesitant because while you were speaking, something came to mind, and I'm just going to say it, okay? okay? According to the Bible, if a woman is raped, okay, in the city and she doesn't shout out, then she's responsible. However, if she's raped in the field and she doesn't shout out, she's not responsible. And why is that? When she's raped in the city, obviously if she shouts out, someone can help her. There's a very interesting interpretation about that in Judaism, which says that if you're feeling angry or upset or a negative feeling, If you don't shout out to God about it, it's like a woman who's being raped in the city and doesn't say anything. Mm -hmm. But if you just say to God, listen, I'm angry, but I don't want to be angry. Mm -hmm. I'm furious, but my desire is not to be furious. Then it's like a woman who's raped. I'm forced to be angry. I choose. I want something else. Okay. I cry out. I shout out for help. That's much easier to being angry and then fighting against yourself and telling yourself, I should be angry. And then you feel angry at yourself for being angry. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that sort of keeps you in the same loop. But once you shout out to God and you tell telling your desire, you say, look, I'm angry, but I don't want to be angry. Please help me not to be angry. That's how you're breaking from the pattern. You're creating something else.
0: That that's makes complete sense to me. And I really believe that the more that we can shout out or gently ask God for guidance and help, the way that we want to do that is still tying into the desire, as you just said, for something greater to step over this energy um, that's trying to hold you down or tackle you in some particular way. So that's yes, I know, no, you don't want to talk about rape, but in terms of the analogy <laughs> of what where you're you kind of you've had this to in terms of direction, in terms of knowing that God is the person who can help us through all the different experiences that we're going through. I think it's so true. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, seekers, we've had another very dynamic discussion. I hope you have enjoyed the discussion and food for thought as you're moving forward in your spiritual direction and if they want to reach out to you how would they go about doing that to heal on
1: well you can reach out to me either on my socials or on my website bio4biz.com. that's b i o the number 4 b i z.com i'll be happy to hear from you and i try to also teach women how to connect to their intuition. And I've created the quiz and videos following that to not only help you measure your intuition, but the quiz also but actually by actually taking it, you're already improving your intuition and beginning this incredible journey of connecting to your higher self.
0: That's wonderful. And I hope you take advantage of it, seekers, because I think the connecting to your higher self through your intuition is also through your soul and your soul continues to evolve and grow. And also going back to what we've been talking about in this particular segment, it allows you to be able to make the choices that are in attunement with your soul evolution. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me for this episode on Mastering Life's Avengers, being your best self through soul evolution. If you have enjoyed what you've heard today, I would be delighted if you would share this episode with others. Leave a thumbs up and subscribe to my Master in Life's Adventures podcast. Look forward to your joining the next episode. Please leave any comments or suggestions you might have below. Bye for now.